Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. Next week is our Celebration Sunday. It's where we celebrate, like Mari said, we celebrate God's goodness and we celebrate what he's done in our life the past 12 months in particular. And he is a good God and and we celebrate him. I was thinking about my last 12 months, thinking that what's it been like? And I was thinking if I was a rooster, I'd be strutting around now about my last 12 months. And I found a picture. That's about my last 12 months, to tell you the truth. I met life pecked, life pecked. I'm still walking, but do you know, for some, it's been a really tough year. And we talk about celebration and we talk about next week. We're celebrating what God has done the last 12 months with Thanksgiving. And, but I know people in this church who've had a year that's been horrendous. And I know a couple of people who I don't know how they've got through it. And nobody else knows what they've been going through. But it's been a really tough year. So what do you do if we have celebration week next week, but you're feeling like that fella? How do you celebrate? For some it's been tough health-wise, some financially, some in relationships have gone through horrendous stuff. But next week... We look back in gratitude with what God has done. We look forward with anticipation with what he's going to do. It's a party. We're going to give a missions offering. It's an opportunity for us as a church to collectively celebrate God's goodness. But what if you feel like you can't celebrate? What if it just feels like you've got nothing to celebrate? I want to look at a a psalm written by David today. And I think this psalm is a great psalm because it was written by a guy who didn't have an easy life. And there were times in his life where he didn't have much to celebrate, to tell you the truth. But he's written this psalm at the end of his life. And David was a guy who, he had his tough times. He was treated as an afterthought by his family. He was hounded and chased by the king of his country who wanted to kill him. Uh, He was very, very publicly shamed for some wrongdoing that he did when he was king. Then when he became king, one of his sons betrayed him and wanted to kill him. And he ended up, the son ended up being killed. And he had another son die in infancy, which broke his heart. It famously says of David on one occasion in his life that he cried until he had no more tears left to cry and no more strength left to raise his voice. Now that is pretty low. So he knew his hard times. But at the end of his life, David wrote a number of psalms, reflective psalms, looking back on his life. Uh, Psalms 138 and 103 and the psalm that we're going to read today Psalm 145 so imagine David now he's about 70 years old he's an old man and he's been through so much he's had magnificent highs but he's had devastating lows and he's looking back on his life it's interesting how he viewed life and how he chose to remember the good things that God had done not dwell on the negative things I'll start reading Psalm 145, starting at verse 1. It says, I will exalt you, O God and King. I will praise your name forever. I will praise you every day. 
Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness and everyone will share in the story of your wonderful goodness and they will sing about the joy of your righteousness. You can actually feel the emotion as he writes this. I will praise your name forever. I will meditate on your glorious splendor. I will meditate on the miracles that you have brought. Now this is David at his best as a psalmist. Looking back at his life, proclaiming how good God is, remembering the great things that God has done. He's just saying, my life has been wonderful because of what God has done. But if you read the accounts of his life in Kings and Chronicles, you'll see, wow, what a life he had. Like I said, magnificent highs, but terrible lows. So he was able to focus on the good things. I wonder if you're like me, though that when you remember experiences of the past, you remember the bad with clarity, and the good can sometimes be taken for granted or forgotten. It's easy to forget the good, but remember the, the bad with clarity. If you're like that, don't despair, it just means you're human. There's a part of our brain called the amygdala, which is the part that processes emotional stuff. And it processes fear and happiness and, and joy and anger and grudges. And, and what scientists have found is that when you have a negative thing going on in your life, when you're going through a really tough time, that amygdala, the little man in there, he's writing a, a, an essay, a really, really detailed account of what's happening. And he's writing it down and he's filing it away so that you will remember it easily. And he's at his best when that's happening. But when you've got joyous times, that little guy throws his pen and book away and starts to celebrate as well. And he's yahooing and celebrating if he gets to write it down. And so your little filing cabinet in your head has got really detailed stuff of the negative and the good can just sometimes be a vague recollection. For David here, and we are wired, we are wired naturally to remember the negative in detail and the positive vaguely. But for David here, he chose to remember the good things that God had done. He chose to recall the mighty acts and he chose to reflect on good, God's goodness. He not only chose to reflect on them, it says he meditated on them. I will not just think of them, I will mull over them. I will remember them. I will remember what God has done. Every day, I will remember the good things that God has done. And this is a powerful thing in his life. Because he had so many negatives, but he decided, he made a decision, I will dwell and meditate on the good things that he's done. And as he does, faith rises. And it brings a sense of well-being and confidence. And God has brought me through stuff in the past, and he will bring me through stuff in the future. And you get a sense of it when David was about to fight the giant Goliath. And Goliath was huge and for, just formidable. And, and David was just this young boy and he had no armor. And, and the king of Israel said, David, what, you can't do this. You can't face this giant. And David then said, I remember the time when I was minding sheep that a lion came to kill the sheep and I defeated it and killed it. And I remember when a bear came and I killed it. That's the process of meditating on the God that good that God has done, therefore giving you faith for the future. 
And David made this decision, I will meditate on his goodness. I will make sure that it's always at the forefront of our mind. What about my amygdala though? It's wired to remember the bad and, and be hazy about the good. Here's an interesting thing. Scientists also tell us that you can rewire your brain to remember the good with clarity and the bad vaguely. And they say the way to do it is to write down the good and read it regularly. And also tell other people the good. Write it down, meditate on it, as David said. He was a bit of a scientist even back then. Write it down, meditate on it, and tell your story. And it will help you recall the good. Just this week, I was telling someone, I've got a scar on my hand. There's a little scar, a little white scar you can see in my hand. When I was about 20, 21, I worked for JJ Richards in Toowoomba on the garbage trucks. And it was the old style where you had to get out of the truck and run to a bin, bring it over, use the hydraulics to lift the bin up. And so I was on with my mate. It was towards the end of a run uh, one day. And, and I was putting the bin on. And, and somehow I did it wrong. And I had my hand caught in the hydraulics. And it got crushed in the hydraulics. And I'm standing there on the side of the truck, just staring at my hand in shock. I couldn't move. And my mate knew something was wrong. He got out of the truck and ran around and released my hand. And it was completely wrecked. It was squashed in the hydraulics. So I was absolutely mangled. So he wrapped up my hand in a bandage. Uh, we rushed off, went to the JJ Richards depot. And when we got there, we unwrapped my hand. It was perfectly fine. There was not, I've only got one little scar on it. So in the process of driving to the depot, my hand was completely restored. The amazing thing is, on exactly the same day, on that day, another driver had the same accident. And he had his hand crushed and, and he was out for over three months with a badly damaged hand. Mine, I went back to work the next day. The report was put into the compensation people. They rang me up the next day and said, what are you doing at work? We, we've got the report of your accident. What are you doing? And I said, perfectly fine. And I've never had any problem with my hand since. I've just got a reminder one little scar to remind me of what God did that day. And I tell that story because it actually helps me meditate. I just see that scar sometimes and I think, wow, that was an amazing miracle. I remember, I think I told you this a few weeks ago, that I've taken to writing the good things God has done in notes in my, uh, in my phone. And every so often I just pull them up and I remember that's what God did. I remember God did that. I'm actually retraining my brain to remember the good. So even when I feel like that rooster, I can still be full of faith because I look at the scar on my hand and think God is a miracle working God. And I look at my notes and think, look what God has done. And I actually dwell on the good. And so next week as we come to celebrate, what have we got to celebrate? What about your last 12 months? What if you've had a shocker? This is where particularly we need to remember the good. There's an interesting account in David's life, and I, I mentioned it before, where he got to a stage in his life where he cried until he had no more tears left to cry. Emotionally and physically, he was at his lowest. He was broken. But the verses, the very next verses say, but then he began to encourage himself in the Lord. How did he do that? It doesn't tell us how. But I suspect he pulled his mobile phone out, he went to his notes, and he started to read about God's goodness in the past. I remember when God did this. I remember when God did that. I remember when God brought me through. Yeah, God is good. 
That's what we need to do. And next week, when we come to celebrate, I think, God dropped this in my heart this week, that there are people here who've decided not to come next week because they've just got nothing to celebrate. You should be here next week. And you should be here remembering what God has done in the past. And even though you're in a place right now where you feel like you've got no more tears left to cry, it's time to encourage yourself in the Lord. Okay, he's done this in the past. I look at that scar and I'm encouraged every time. Look what he's done. He's done this in the past. And so for David, he found strength in God as he meditated on the good things that God had done in the past. Then he changes tack in the psalm. Now, he remembers God's awesome deeds, but his next lines are amazing. He said, the Lord is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry and he's full of unfailing love. He's good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, uh, and your faithful followers will praise you. They'll speak of the glory of your kingdom and they'll give examples of your power and your mighty deeds about how your majesty and your glory reign for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and you rule through all generations. I love this psalm because it's David as an older man. He's about 70 now and he's been king of Israel for about 40 years and his reign has been successful. Uh, his country is now strong and he's the king and, and he's the psalmist who wrote, wrote most of the psalms. So he's written some beautiful psalms and he's described as a man after God's own heart and he founded a dynasty that lasted five centuries and he's going to be the great, 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 great relative of Jesus whose throne will never end. So you'd think this guy who's so successful, surely he must have had a great life where he never did anything wrong and he's always on an upward tra trajectory. But if you read his life, it was marked by warfare and rebellion. His own sons, he couldn't control them. He was a bad parent. One of his sons rebelled and tried to kill him. His parenting skills weren't the best. He was given to making rash judgment calls and stupid things. And, and worst of all was the episode where he went and slept with someone else's wife, got her pregnant, and then killed her husband to cover it up. Now that is pretty bad. So how do you reconcile the two? This guy who was so fatally flawed with the mighty king of Israel who God blessed. How do, you, how do you reconcile? Well, he wrote it in this psalm. He said, the Lord is good to everyone and he showers his compassion on us. He wrote in another psalm, this psalm 103, I will praise the Lord with my inmost being. I will praise him who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us how our sins deserve or repay us for the wrong things that we've done. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his love for us that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our wrongdoing from us. So David, what he does in his Psalms is he says, I thank you for the amazing miracles that you've done in my life. I thank you for the amazing compassion that you've shown me. David had a fear of God and he wanted to serve God, but he made so many mistakes and some of them were clangers, like sleeping with someone else's wife, killing the husband. Like, where do you come back from that? You look to God's compassion and celebrate God's compassion. 
What's amazing to me is so many Christians have this view of God. If I do one thing wrong, he's going to smash me and I'll never recover. I've done one thing wrong. He cannot possibly ever love me again. Yet David knew the opposite. Where he did stuff that was, are you kidding me? If he came to a church to apply to be pastor, he would be knocked back every time. Murder, adultery, all that stuff, forget it. You're not being our pastor. But God said, you can still be king. God's compassion is amazing. And David celebrated that. This week, as we approach Celebration Sunday next week, if you've had a really bad year, if you feel like you've got nothing to celebrate, you have, what you can celebrate is his compassion that he saved someone like me, that he puts up with me when I do so, and you do too, yes. (laughs) She knows, she knows what God put up with. (laughs) He puts up with me when I keep stuffing it up so often, his compassion never ends. And as far as the east is from the west, he takes my wrongdoing and throws it away. I'm amazed that next week I can come to Celebration Sunday and stand here before God and God looks at me as though I'd never even sinned. Now, to me, that is something to celebrate, even if I've got nothing else to celebrate, is his compassion and his goodness. And I will choose to celebrate in the midst of my battles. I will choose to celebrate his compassion for me. As David reflects on his life, the important things that he meditates on are the miracles God's done in the past, uh, the grace that he's shown Just let me say, if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, can God ever forgive me? Can I ever become a child of God? The answer is always yes. His compassion is greater. It's always greater. And so David remembered God's grace and compassion. He remembered the miracles. Then he remembered God's faithfulness. This was so important to David. In Psalm 145, he says this, The Lord is trustworthy for all that he promises. He's faithful in all that he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts those who are bowed down. Those who feel like that rooster, he will stay with you. Go to the next slide, thanks, Stuart. This is what the picture is, that as you're walking, he will walk beside you and never leave your side. And when you have no strength to walk, he'll pick you up and he'll carry you but he will not leave you. And David celebrates this. And he says, the eyes of all look to you, for you give them food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. All eyes will look to you. If I've had a tough year, and I know some people, like I said, I know a couple of people, I don't even know how they're still going, to tell you the truth, the horrific things they've been through. But what I do know is in those times, God is still walking with me. And I can remember the miracles of the past. I can revel in his compassion. And I can know that his footsteps are always beside me. And he's always got me. And he'll bring me through. And this might be a tough time right now, but he is carrying me through. And things will change. This is not the end of my story. And we've got to have that so clear in our heart. This is not the end of my story. My steps will go on and he will walk with me. And I might feel like that rooster who's been plucked and battered and 
but I'm still walking forward. And he will walk with me and he will be faithful and things will turn around. A bad year doesn't make a bad life. And this faith journey is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And as I celebrate next week, as I take an act of faith, it's an act of faith for some people next week to celebrate. But I celebrate what God will do because I believe that he's faithful. And he will do great things in my life. And I will meditate on them day and night. And so for next week, I'm going to be celebrating what God has done. I'm not going to be thinking about the bad. I'm not going to be thinking, gee, diesel's 230 cents a litre now. Have you seen that? What's going on? 238. It's got worse. I'm not going to be thinking about what China's doing and they might invade Taiwan. And I'm not going to be thinking about the budget that's coming out. Interest rates are going up and inflation. And, and is it ever going to stop raining? When we have a drought, we pray for rain. Do we pray for rain to stop? I don't know what to do. We've had so much rain. And, and I can dwell. Australia got thrashed in the cricket last night by New Zealand. <laughs> Could it get any worse? I can choose to meditate on the bad. Or this coming week, I can take a few minutes just to write down what I'm thankful for. God, I feel like that plucked rooster, but I'm thankful that I'm still walking. I'm thankful for your compassion and your mercy. I choose to remember, I choose to look at my scar, remember what you've done in the past, remember that you will take me forward. And I will choose to celebrate because I know that when I get to the end of my life and I'm writing my obituary, it's going to be something that reflects his glory and greatness. And it's going to reflect a good life because he's been part of it, because he is a good God. And next week, I choose to celebrate. So this is what I want you to do for next week for Celebration Sunday. And you don't have to make a big deal of it. And I'm not going to ask you to come up here and read it out. I just want you to write a few things. This is what I can be thankful for. Even if right now you're going through hell, Winston Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Because you'll get out eventually. So what I want you to do, what we all need to do, and I'm going to do the same. I'm just going to take a sheet of paper and I'm going to write down, this is what I can celebrate. I'm not going to think about petrol prices, inflation, all that stuff. I'm just going to think about what I can celebrate. And every day this week, I'm going to look at it. And I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you that I have something to celebrate with my church family next week. And then when we come here, I'm going to be primed, ready to celebrate. Ready to give to missions. Ready to celebrate with other people. But I'm going to make myself ready as I meditate. Like David did. I meditate on his goodness. Because he is good. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. He is worthy. We sang that song before. He's worthy of it all. I'm going to pray this morning. Do you know I'm not downplaying anyone's journey the last 12 months? I said before there are a couple of people who've been through horrific things. And it's not something generally known in the church and people have their privacy, but... There are people in our church who are really hurting right now. But as we celebrate together, we support one another. And we lift each other's faith. And we say there is something worth celebrating. And we do it together as a church. Let's pray.
Lord, I, I'm so thankful for the Psalms that David wrote that are so faith rising in my life. And Lord, I feel like that rooster sometimes at the moment. I just feel like I'm plucked, and, but I'm still moving forward in you. And God, personally, I'm looking forward to next week when I can publicly say I thank God that I'm still in his hands, that his compassion reigns, that he's the God of miracles from the past who will continue to do miracles in my life, and he is my faithful God. And I pray for people here today who feel like I don't know what to celebrate. I pray that they would focus on those things and next week would be a breakthrough meeting for our church. It would be a breakthrough meeting in people's lives as we celebrate together. For those who've had a great 12 months, who are just, God has brought them through and has answered prayer. I pray that as they come next week, that they would help faith rise in our church as they come to celebrate his goodness. But I pray that next week would be a breakthrough weekend for people in our church as we choose to celebrate your goodness and who you are. We thank you, Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.